welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Do you consider yourself one of those very, very cautious people? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. All right. So as today, you're going to see Anthony, our special guest, has proven that slow and steady does win the race. So when you get into multifamily investing, fix and flipping, you don't have to go really, really fast. You don't have to just jump your job and go into the entrepreneur world and make that a major risk for you and your family. Anthony started out on a salary working at a company in the investing business. He climbed the ranks and then ventured off on his own mitigating his risk for himself, his loved ones, his family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's enjoy the show and watch how slow and steady does win the race. In one year, folks, he's accumulated 340 doors after going slow and steady. Let's enjoy the show. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing the good word. Today, ladies and gentlemen, coming from New Jersey, Anthony Scandariato. He's an apartment syndicator. He's a co-founder of Red Knight Properties. He also has a podcast called Discovering Multifamily. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Anthony, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Joe. How you doing? Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So before real estate, what were you doing? Tell us a little bit about this transition into multifamily. Sure, sure. Uh, so before real estate, um, I was in consumer products and retail, um, a little bit of manufacturing as well uh, with a, a startup company that I helped run and um, transitioned out of to pursue uh, real estate. Um, when, after I left that firm, I worked for another real estate uh, sponsor who was acquiring and repositioning Class A office, multi-tenant um, investment grade buildings in the Northeast and Southeast, so up and down the East Coast, um, and was hired as an analyst there for acquisitions, so mostly underwriting, due diligence, um, helping sourcing, and kind of grew into um, a you know VP role. Was there for five about five years um, and learned a lot. Um, helped grow the portfolio from six hundred million dollars under management to about a billion two um, between new developments and you know more acquisitions and different you know new states that we weren't exposed to. So I learned a lot there. Um, was was able to really help them grow and uh, at the same time. Um, while I was working there for that five-year period, I was buying some two families on my own, um, you know, buying holds. I had one that was more of a fix and flip that I sold. And then um, I think the fourth year into my career at that company, I started um, acquiring a little bit larger assets in just a partnership with my, my business partner, Brian, now. Um, and we started out with the 10 unit mixed use building, uh, which we were able to reposition and refinance um, in 2019. And uh, we bought about 70 units together. It was mostly mixed use and um, multifamily in 
northern New Jersey, which is where I, I sit and where we're based. Um, so just kind of see if the business model would work first uh, before we started, you know, syndicating and bringing on additional investments from the outside. Um, and the model was working. We were, like I mentioned, able to refi uh, refinance out of two of them, um, sold one of them. And then we, in December of 19, closed on a larger syndicated deal. Um, and then that's when um, I, I had another one tied up as well. So 2020, January 1st was really the, the, the full-time Red Knight Properties endeavor moving forward. So hopefully that helps paint a picture. Oh, it did. It did. And thank you so much for sharing because, you know, as you were sharing that story, it kind of reminds me of this one um, thing that I teach to a lot of my coaching clients, mentors, mentees, and uh, people I work with is slow and steady usually wins a race. You know, the race between the tortoise and the hare, it sounded like you went the slow and steady route. You were an employee. It almost sounds like on either an hourly or a salary, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was wow. a full-time job. Yeah. It was a, you know, it was a good paying full-time job for someone in their mid twenties. Um, and then, yeah, but basically all the money that I would make from the W2, I would funnel into, I'd say, I'd say like 90% of it into the real estate. That's incredible. Now in college, was it something you were thinking about? Because I think I saw that you even studied a little bit about business and got a degree in uh, business. Was that correct? Yes. Um, it was something I was thinking about. Um, I never really pursued it though at all in college. Um, I, like you mentioned, I studied applied economics. So it was in the business school. Um, you know, I didn't take any real estate courses. Um, I had a little bit of influence from, um, you know, my, a little bit of my family being in the business, but they're um, more on the operation. So mostly on the accounting side. Uh, which is, you know, di very different, uh, but still got, a, you know, a flavor for it. So, um, yeah, so basically got exposure to it and um, started reading about it after, you know, kind of while I was in the transition. I actually, when I was in transition, I almost took like two months off to figure out what I wanted to do moving forward and, um, you know, was able to figure out that this is what I was passionate about. So with the current partnership that you're in right now, uh, what's kind of the division of roles? Who does what? Uh, so we're still a growing company. So um, we have about, you know, 45 million under management. It's like 340 apartment units at this time. Um, so we're still kind of, we're both doing everything, but he's, his strong suits are more on the operation side and how to, you know, efficiency, um, property management. Um, how do you grow that side of the business? Because we do self-manage as well. Um, and then mine is more on the capital raising acquisitions, sourcing, you know, every, everything else, just cause I, I did that at my other company. So, um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a nice mixture, but we all, we all pitch in with everything um, at the great. end of the day. How'd you guys come together? Uh, I was introduced to him by actually a coworker of mine. Um, uh, my partner's uh, he's an ex NFL player, um, played for eight years in the NFL had a great career and, uh, you know, his, he's in his mid thirties and, um, you know, didn't really want to retire, um, after coming out of the NFL, wanted to do something active. So this was a great opportunity for us to, to partner together. Nice. Nice. Now, um, what have you found as the hardest part when you were starting 
getting it off the ground? Like, what do you think was the hardest things then? How did you overcome them? I think the hardest thing was taking the leap and pursuing it full time. For me, I think it was, I wouldn't say it was easy to put everything together, um, at least on the, the syndication side, because that's really, that's really a business. Um, but it was definitely, I think, easier if I um, didn't have any, it would be much harder if I didn't have any experience doing this already. Um, so I'd say the transition, just having the mentality and the ability to um, pursue it full time and kind of get rid of that W-2 paycheck was definitely a hard decision that I had to swallow. Um, and it took me a long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's kind of like having, getting over the fear basically, and just taking that leap of blind faith. That's right, Joe. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Now, um, your buy criteria, what are some of the different things that you typically look for in a deal? Yeah. So we look at a bunch of different attributes, but um, right now we target deals that are five to 20 million um, in secondary or tertiary markets. Um, you know, up and down the East Coast, and there's a few states specifically that we target. Uh, but typically, it's B minus, C plus, workforce housing, garden style, two to three story walk up apartment buildings uh, with value add components below market rents, below replace, replacement cost. Um, you know, we has to have a certain cap rate going in. Um, you know, operational inefficiencies, uh, motivated seller. So there's a lot of different attributes that we look at. Now, that's interesting. You mentioned about cap rate because I've talked to other syndicators before and some of them, they don't care about cap rate. What's kind of your story behind the cap rate? Yeah, so we're buying almost medium value add opportunities. Um, I wouldn't say heavy, heavy, although I've done that. Um, so we're always looking to see if we can generate a yield even during the value add. So, um, you know, generally we won't look at anything much less, it depends on the market, but we're looking at markets that have strong cash flow going in already. Um, so, call a minimum of a six cap. So, you might have some other sponsors that I know you're in LA, you're not going to find a six cap, you know, at least in the gateway, um, right. CBD, even two in three, the, the three caps here. <laughs> yeah, even in the suburbs, you know, it might be hard to find. Um, so, you know, in the East Coast, there's some older products, which is usually 1970s below that. I mean, I bought a building that was 1890, but the you know structure is great. Um, so, you know, the older the buildings are, the higher the cap rate should be because there's more maintenance. So that's where we see an opportunity. And that's really the opportunity for workforce housing um, in the country, because there's a lot of older 1950s, 1960s product that has been really neglected. And, you know, the communities have have suffered just because there hasn't been a kept up investment. So, um, you know, that's where we like to go in and obviously make those exterior interior improvements, obviously increases the rents um, along with it, uh, but it does, you know, serve the greater communities. To How high are you willing to go on existing vacancy rates? Um, it depends because that's a financing question. Um, so the financing that we generally take on are, bank debt. We've done bridge loans, CMBS I've done, um, you know, um, agency lending. So that's getting, you know, we've done three agency loans in 2020. 
um, and they're very strict with the occupancy right now, especially, you know, we're recording this in the early 2021. Um, so yeah, it's the financing has been a little bit more challenging for non-stabilized product, um, but for stabilized product, it's, it's a lot easier to find liquidity in the marketplace. And are you um, doing any creative financing, seller financing, anything like that? Uh, we haven't. Um, it's something to look into. Um, rates are so low right now um, that if we did seller financing, we'd be paying over market rates where we could just borrow, um, you know, from basically government-backed loans um, at 3%. So um, we haven't really explored that, but generally we're looking for conventional sources. Okay, perfect. And I'll stick to financing since we're on a pretty good topic here. Um, when you and your partner started, it was just you and him kind of funding the deals, what have you. And then you transitioned into syndication. What was kind of like, was it easy or was it a little bit hard to adjust? Uh, it's a different business. Um, it somewhat, it's the same, but a little bit different. Um, it's more of getting the systems in place. We self-manage too. So getting our staff, getting our um, infrastructure in place. Um, we did a lot of the work even for the syndicated property. We've The first one we bought, um, at least driving up, you know, back and forth and doing things on our own without really a team there leasing. Um, so I think just getting, building a team was a little challenging, but we did it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the fundraising I don't know. It wasn't, it was challenging, but I've been doing it already. So it was just kind of, just kind of taking it to the next level, I guess, at least for um, the new company that we formed. So a lot of challenges, there's challenges every day. Um, there's a challenge right before I got on this podcast um, in regards <laughs> to the snow plowing. So there's challenges every day. Um, but in terms of the transition, I think it was pretty, it wasn't, wasn't as, difficult as I thought, but that's just because I had the proper education and experience from working for somebody else, kind of putting those types of deals together. That's awesome. What has, ha what has ha been your biggest home run with this current company? Um, so we've had, uh, yeah, we, we've had a few, um, which, which are good. I think the first one that my partner and I bought in a partnership, uh, was a mixed use building. We bought it for um, it was in Northern New Jersey. We've had four apartment, no, six apartments and then four retail on the bottom. When we bought it, one retail was vacant. Um, and then the, the, the market rents were like $850 on the apartments that they were paying where the actual true market rent was like 1500 for those apartments. Um, so we were able to turn that building around. It was a long-term owner. It was like a farm family. Um, the, uh, executor for the building uh, passed away. So there was, you know, like I said, like 15 siblings involved and nobody wanted anything to do with it. So we we're able to, you know, come in and, and solve their problem uh, by, you know, obviously buying the building from them. So we bought it. It was like million two eighty five. We put in like 25,000 and then we released the retail within like two weeks. Um, there was a couple of the, the retail, they didn't even have leases. So we went in there and signed like longer term leases with them right away. Um, one of the retail actually went out, but we were able to fill it without any um, turnover um, disruption at 
a rent that was like 500 bucks more than what the other tenant was paying. Wow. So yeah, so we, we basically in theory, well, not in theory, but in reality, the NOI when we bought it was 90,000. And then when we went to go refinance the property, we it only took us a year. Um, the NOI was about 155,000. Um, so the bank appraised the property 2.1 million. So we were able to return all the capital to my partner and you know my company at the time, um, plus 40%. Within just from year. refinancing. Very and nice. we still own the building. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so you put on long-term cheap, you know, um, non-recourse uh, debt. And that was 2000. And um, like I mentioned, 2019, we bought that building in 2018. We closed, you know, closed on the refinance in mid 2019. And that was when the light bulb went off that if we can do this for ourselves, why don't we try to help other people as well achieve financial freedom? Awesome. Awesome. Now, are you involved with any other asset classes or are you sticking to multifamily? Yeah. So we own multifamily mixed use with, you know, apartments and ground level retail. We not too much of that anymore in terms of new acquisitions. Um, and then we own a little bit of self-storage. So those three um, are the criteria. Um, I've, Obviously, I work for an office operator, so I have experience with that. Uh, it's not an asset class I'm looking to pursue with my Red Knight at this time, uh, but have the experience. Um, there could be other opportunities in the future. I think we're doing you know, pretty well with the multifamily, um, and there's a lot of opportunities still with that. Um, so we're going to continue to uh, seek out these you know, you know, workforce housing, you know, undervalued projects, uh, value add, I think. Nice. And you said you'd like buying up and down the coast. How far out do you go from your home base? Yeah. So we own um, in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and uh, Florida. So um, we bought the property in Florida just recently. So, you know, New Jersey's up here, Florida's down here. Um, you get on a plane, you can get there in a little over two hours, which is great. Um, so pretty much anything from New Jersey to Florida at this point. So um, that will be uh, in the, hopefully for 2021, there'll be more opportunities in, in different states. So um, we're willing to uh, go as long as the project makes sense and it's large enough for us to pursue it. Otherwise we'll just keep buying in our, our backyard. Your backyard, as you mentioned, you're in LA and two to three caps at some point, um, you know, the, the numbers just don't make sense. Um, so we're seeing a lot of cap rate compression right now with rates being so low and not a lot of inventory. Uh, we'll see what happens in the rest of 2021 with um, forbearance being up on some of these owners that took advantage of it and them not being able to pay the loan. So there, there's going to be a lot of, I'm hoping, distressed opportunities. There's, there, there will be. Um, there might be a little bit more on the Class A side. Um, not, not as much as on the workforce side, because as you know, the workforce got stimulus, they're getting rent assistance, um, et cetera. So, um, we'll see what happens. Um, but we're looking forward. Excellent. Now talking to your younger self or the audience, what would be your best advice or some of the learning lessons you learned along the way? Yeah. Don't be afraid to, um, take it a little bit slower and, and learn before you really take the plunge. Uh, because when you're getting into syndications or even you're investing on your own, you know, 
or with a partner and joint venture, whatever, however you want to structure your deals, just you got to be able to set expectations and, um, you know, you know, really learn, really learn on your own first before taking other people's money and being a fiduciary to them. Because if you had no experience at all and you try to buy property and turn it around, anticipate a 15% IRR, let's just say, and, you know, investors are mad because you only produced a 6% IRR. So just make sure that you have experience with what you're trying to achieve before you're, before you get into it. And that could be a combination of like, you know, using me as an example, maybe working for another operator for a while or even partnering with an operator um, and helping in some capacity. Um, that's very common nowadays as well. Um, so just, yeah, don't be afraid to learn and, and partner uh, early. I think that's great advice. And I, I congratulate you on your journey because you really mitigated your risk. And, and then you figured out like, um, I can make this maybe better if I did it this way. And that's awesome. So congratulations on your journey. Thank you, Joe. Any, any last uh, favorite system, software that you like that you might want to share with the audience? Yeah, sure. We use um, Buildium for our property management, um, which is pretty, you know, it's kind of middle grade software. Um, it's not super expensive. It's not super cheap. It's right in the middle. Um, and then, you know, in terms of investor relations, uh, fundraising and making sure the subscriptions are signed for the syndication, we use Invest Next. Um, for collaboration and teamwork and tracking, we use Microsoft Teams. Um, so we have a bunch of different software. We have email marketing software, Active Campaign. Um, what else do we use? I mean, I have podcast software. I'm sure you do as well. Distribution software for podcasts, Buzzsprout, we use that. Um, a lot of different softwares. Um, and I have them all favorited on my Google Chrome so I can access them quickly. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Anthony. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing and we wish you well. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate you having me on. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on Make It a Comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Flex with a Plex, or Make It a Comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to JoeMendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like. Make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.